Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Lando's Lounge. Uh, If you remember last episode, we kind of talked about having a more chill few episodes before um, season two of The Mandalorian drops. So keeping with that, this is another chill episode. Um... We have a few updates, a few small updates, um, an interesting, fun kind of carbon freeze, and then um, Tabana Talk breaking down the uh, second kind of teaser for Season 2 of The Mandalorian, some new stuff. Uh, So, yeah, it'll be another chill episode, and the next week is when it's really going to pick up with more Star Wars content finally being released. Um. Yeah. Any any uh, any thoughts from you? Just what am I thinking about? I don't know, man. I'm thinking about these updates. Is what I'm thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Why don't you lead us into the updates? Okay. So first thing I want to say, just get this out of the way quickly. Last episode we talked about the guys over at Hacksmith making a lightsaber. And um, there's a video of them doing that, that you can go watch. And I mentioned how on their Patreon, they released a video of them actually testing it out. And that was previously, obviously, locked behind the Patreon paywall. But now they've uploaded it on YouTube for the whole world to see. And I watched it. And it's pretty nuts. They cut through a lot of stuff. Not as quick as a lightsaber would cut through it, but cuts through it nonetheless. And probably the most notable thing they do is they try to replicate that scene from The Phantom Menace where Qui-Gon Jinn just keeps cutting through the blast door. And they have a, a quarter, uh, quarter inch steel. Or is what is it? Is it? I don't know. It's very thick steel door. And sure enough, Cuts a hole right through it. So if you're interested in seeing some, some lightsaber action, some, some carnage, uh, check out <laughs> the Hacksmith channel on YouTube. It's just really... It just... <laughs> it, in, it invokes just a, a childlike glee, really, just seeing them cut through and catch stuff on fire. It's pretty epic. Um, yeah, I did actually see that video. Um... I think my friend pulled it up on YouTube and showed it to me. And, like, they destroy a car or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, one crazy. thing... One thing that they actually did... Um, is they cut through glass. And what happened with the glass... Is I would always imagine that, like, a lightsaber, if it just cut through glass... Like, it would just cut through, like, clean. But, obviously... In, like, Revenge of the Sith, when Mace Windu and Palpatine are fighting, like, I think Windu's lightsaber goes up, hits the glass, and it instantly shatters, and, like, like the whole window breaks. And that is much more like what this lightsaber does. Like, it kind of sits there for a little bit, and then, like, it just cracks, and a bunch of pieces, like, fall out. And I was just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm, I was wrong about my... <laughs> conceptions of how lightsabers work 
Yeah, no, it was cool. Like, it melted a little bit first and then mm-hmm. just shattered. Yeah, I mean, they also, like, tried to cook a turkey with it. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> literally just a super hot, concentrated flame, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not exactly a lightsaber, but it's as close as anyone could realistically want <laughs> someone to make. Yeah. At least so far. Yeah, anything else and, like, your expectations are just... Until we discover actual kyber crystals. Yeah. No. I'm sitting on a bad boy piece of kyber. I just haven't told anyone <laughs> yet. <laughs> okay. That's that kind of update, I guess. Um, and the next one is a bit more substantive. So I uh, saw an article a couple days ago. I think. Could have been a month ago. I don't know. <laughs> The days are the days are blending. Time is not a real thing anymore. Yeah, I mean it's more of like a big ball of tiny limey wibbly wobbly stuff. Okay, this is a Star okay, Wars. Okay, sorry, sorry. But <laughs> not a who podcast. Anyway, um, this article I saw it first on Entertainment Weekly, and it says Star Wars actors to reprise iconic roles for Disney Plus's Lego Holiday Special. And the three actors that they're bringing back to voice their characters are um, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico, and Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. So that's just really cool. Um, I'm glad that they... I mean, I'm glad... I was going to say, like, which one I'm happiest about, but I'm happiest about all of them mm-hmm. for different reasons. Lando, just because he's awesome, and I can't really imagine him being voiced by anyone else. I can't really imagine C-3PO being voiced by... I mean, obviously, he's not voiced by Anthony Daniels in, like, The Clone Wars, but it's not the same in The Clone Wars either. And then, I think the main focus of this article is actually um, Rose, interestingly enough. Mm. Because... Um, it, like, puts, like, prominent emphasis on her. This article says, uh, Rose Tico, the resistance engineer and pilot, was first introduced in The Last Jedi, yada, 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 and will have a particularly significant role. Um, she has a prominent role throughout the story. Um, there's basically two stories, and this is actually an insight into kind of what the holiday special is about. In general, it says... One story is on Kashyyyk, where Ray, Poe, Rose, and Finn try to create the greatest life day party ever for Chewie and his family. <laughs> so, is this canon? Um, <laughs> is I hope so. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I think it'll be cool to go back to Kashyyyk. We've mm-hmm. only really been there for a little bit in Revenge of the Sith. But, like, we didn't really, like, learn much about it, I guess. So it'll kind of be cool. Um, And obviously, Life Day, I don't even know what that is. I imagine it's some, like... From the original holiday special, Life Day was kind of the reason why they had the holiday special. Uh, Yeah, so that's... Basically, Space Christmas for Wookiee. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, I guess that's also cool that they're paying homage to the original holiday special. Mm-hmm. I have not I seen... Think it's one of 
like season one, episode one of the Mandalorian, someone's like, Oh, something, something life day or whatever. Oh, <laughs> like he mentions life day. We're going to be talking about that. I'll bring, I'll bring that back up later, actually. Cause <laughs> All right. we, we'll be talking about that. But, um, and then it says the secondary story or not like secondary, but like two equal stories, I guess is Ray going off to seek knowledge at the Jedi Temple that takes her across the movie's history. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> like she finds a what? It says the one of this B story, they say A and B story mm-hmm. is Ray going off to seek knowledge at the Jedi Temple that takes her across the movie's history. Interesting. So, I mean, that'll be really interesting to, like, see. Well, yeah, we saw kind of yeah. her fighting Darth Vader and, yeah, like, this jumping. Yeah, this holiday special gonna slap, bro. <laughs> it's like Lego movie. I, I don't know why they haven't made a Lego Star Wars movie. Like, That'd be so good. So many people would be like, hey, this isn't canon, this isn't, this is dumb. But it'd be so funny. It'd be so awesome. Anyway, back to Rose, it says, Rose rolling the... Rose's role in this is to really take charge and she basically saves the day in many ways. We wanted to make sure we got a lot of Kelly in as Rose. Oh, no, no, no. I said that wrong. We wanted to make sure we got a lot of Kelly in as Rose was going to be an essential part of whatever the Resistance Heroes future was going to be after episode nine. So, so (laughs) it sounds like, and I don't, I might be reading into this Lego animated short a bit more than <laughs> I should be. But yeah, like it's such, it was such an unassuming article, but like they're like big bombs dropped in this. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I just had to talk about it. It was crazy. It says he's a, Rose's role in this is to, is bleh, Rose's role in this it to really, yeah, all right. It's written. I don't get that. But really takes charge. She basically saves the day in many ways. We wanted to make sure we got a lot of Kelly in as Rose was going to be an essential part of whatever the Resistance Heroes future was going to be after Episode Nine, yeah. and she was a blast to work with. So maybe they have, like, maybe Lucasfilm already has like post Episode Nine plans for all these characters. And Rose is going to be a big part of that. So they were like, well, let's give Rose a big part here. So, like, she has some kind mm-hmm. of substantive role in something that isn't just The Last <laughs> uh, Jedi. The Lego movie. <laughs> the Lego holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, it also mentions how it says um, she was supposed to have a much more prominent storyline in The Rise of Skywalker but a lot of her footage was cut because she had so many scenes with Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. And also I think, you know, we've shared our opinions as to maybe they dialed her role back a little bit because of the response from the last Jedi. But I, this tells us that like, they're aware that they're like, yeah, Rose kind of got duped. And so, and we really like the character, so we want to use it a lot. And so, like, they make mm-hmm. her integral to whatever's coming next, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And if and if the reason why they had to cut her out of that was because of 
um, Carrie Fisher, yeah. obviously, having to work with footage. Um, I think maybe cutting that footage is a good choice because you don't want to, like, disrespect Carrie Fisher's legacy by making her last movie kind of, like, have terrible, like, flow with the footage they had to use or anything. Um, so yeah, good to see that they want to keep her around in the future. So, yeah. And, um, I, I watched on Disney plus, if you go to rise of Skywalker, you go to the extras tab and you scroll down, there's a two hour documentary about the creation of the rise of Skywalker called the Skywalker legacy. And in the, in the section they had about Carrie Fisher, they, confirmed kind of what we had mused about how where they would they just got as much Carrie Fisher footage as they could and then with the help of like with the kind of moral guidance of Billy Lord who is Carrie Fisher's daughter um Mm -hmm. they just built entire scenes around the footage they had and uh they kind of did that very early on in the process which I mean, I'm glad the timeline was able to work out how it did, because I think the product was pretty good. <laughs> I think they pulled it off well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, just the final little spiel about the, the holiday special. Um, the article concludes basically by saying other voice actors include Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker, Tom Kane as Yoda, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan Kenobi and D. Bradley Baker who has done every clone trooper you've ever heard. So the first three, those are the voice actors who kind of voice those characters in the Clone Wars and Rebels. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, their voices mm-hmm. are almost iconic in their respective roles at this point. So I mean, I was expecting this, but I'm interested that D. Bradley Baker is in there. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. they will know, like, they know that his voice is so iconic as a clone trooper. They say, who has done every clone trooper you've ever heard? Which makes me think, who the heck is he voicing in this? And I don't know if that's something that they're not saying, or maybe it's just... Well, yeah, they kind of didn't... Yeah, so... Like, everyone else, like... Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker and then D. Bradley Baker and then it's like a quote from someone instead of just saying as every clone trooper you've ever heard. Um, Could be nothing. Well, I I mean, my first thought is that he's gonna voice Boba Fett. (laughs) One, because that makes sense and like also Boba Fett, unless I'm mistaken, is in the original holiday special as well. So I can mm-hmm. imagine maybe there's a little gag in there or something, or maybe he's just part of it. As, like, and no, you, you know what'd be really funny is if in this Ray going back and through Star Wars history or whatever, if she went into the original holiday special, <laughs> uh, saw the original <laughs> holiday special, and Boba Fett was there somehow. But yeah, this will be very interesting. <laughs> I'm very excited for this just because I don't really. Now we have some kind of idea of what it's about, but um, I still don't really know what to expect. I'm sure it'll be hilarious. I'm sure it'll be 
very just a fun watch that holiday special yeah yeah comes out on november 17th on only disney plus i think probably just disney plus yes okay let me only disney plus um then we have another kind of update it's a bit of a smaller one as well but it's a bit of a cool one so um there is a batman movie coming out uh if you're not aware it's set to come out in march 4th 2022 um the robert pattinson batman that's the one i'm talking about and i forget who's helming this project the batman Matt, oh, Matt Reeves, right? Uh, I think. Anyway, yeah. that's not important. There's a big Batman movie. They yeah. just released their fir- the first teaser trailer like a few weeks ago at this point. I think they just had to shut down construction because someone got COVID. Like, maybe Robert yeah, Pattinson no. got COVID. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a troubled history with the shoe as the main star, Robert Pattinson, got COVID. But he has since recovered, and they are back to filming. And not only are they back to filming, but they are employing the technology used in The Mandalorian to create the real-time digital visual effects that uh, we see in the volume. We've talked about the volume, or the sound, as I like to call it, <laughs> um, a few times. <laughs> the sound. Oh, what a gaff. Reminds me of that episode of Earth's Mightiest Heroes with Claw. <laughs> Claw. Oh, he becomes sound. Oh, I gotta rewatch that show sometime. <laughs> I, I'm trying to rewatch it. It's on Disney yeah, Plus. I honestly, I just gotta finish Full Metal Alchemist. Then I'll then I'll be on Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Is what I'll do. But any, let's get Star Wars anime. Yeah. <laughs> Please. What would that be about? <laughs> Anything. That'll be that'll be like next episode's um, carbon freeze. We'll pitch our Star Wars anime. Star Wars anime. Anyhow, but we're <laughs> we're going off on tangents. Um, so when we talked about kind of the technology they used to film Mandalorian, um, we're like, yeah, once people see how well this worked for them, like everyone's gonna do it, and. This is the first now major film with a lot of hype around it to, like, use this. That's not Disney Plus, at least. Like, um, The Lion King used it um, a little bit in Jungle Book. uh, The years before Lion King, like, just that kind of the first inklings of this technology. And then it was first fully realized in The Mandalorian. And now they're using it for this new Batman movie. But from my understanding, I don't know if they're doing, like, a room of video walls, like how the Mandalorian did. I just think they're making, they're putting up, like, singular video walls in, like, that they're able to move around and put on location. So I don't know exactly what they're using them for, but they're definitely using them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can get a sick. Where there isn't a yeah, city. I mean, the it makes more sense in my mind 
uh, in the Mandalorian because Star Wars lends itself to these exotic locations that obviously you can't exactly go out and film all the places you might want to take it. But like the Batman is typically like Batman movies are typically very grounded in reality and it's just like in a city usually. So I don't really know what they're going to do with this. And maybe it's just some kind of measure to ensure that they're not, maybe it's like a COVID measure to where at least they can stay in one location and get a bunch of shots rather than moving all around various shot locations and potentially Mm -hmm. endangering the residents of that location and also their own cast and crew. I don't know. That's really all we know (laughs) is that they are using it, but I think it's pretty interesting and I'm, I really want to see this movie. I'm really interested in it. So um, just a little interesting thing of note. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it for the Ugnaught update. Um, so for the carbon freeze, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit of a, a pitching, oh. pitching game. Um, so the carbon freeze is to pick one director to direct the next Star Wars movie and pitch what the movie will be about. Mm. So I don't know if you've given this any thought. I have um, two ideas. <laughs> Just off the cuff. Right. Okay. And they're, Let me hear two, one. they're drastically different. The first idea is a film about Barris Ophi after the event, after the last time we see her in the Clone Wars. And she's caught up in this whole sinister ring of Jedi and Sith and criminals and she's in trouble. Maybe she's trying to escape from prison. Directed by David Fincher. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I would love... Obviously, there's this whole little mystery arc in the Clone Wars of, like, Anakin trying to figure out who framed Ahsoka. And I would love to have seen that directed by David Fincher, but we already got that. So I'll work with what uh, we do know about Barriss already, what's already happened. And maybe this is, like, a, a psychological thriller of her trying to break out of the, the Jedi prison or something, you know. I think, it, <laughs> you know... It'll be fun for fun for people. Good movie, I'm sure. Sure. Do you have it? All right. I have one. It would be a movie about Chirrut Imwe and Baze Malbus from Rogue One. And other Guardians of the Wills, but it would mostly be those two because we already know them. But it would be about them and kind of exploring the holy city of Jeddah and kind of um, learning about the Force from a perspective that isn't a Jedi. And it would be directed by Bong Joon-ho. Sweet. And it would feature a lot of foreign language. Yeah. Invent whatever language they're going to use. Or just do space Korean. It's just, it's just Korean, but... It's just Korean and space. Hey, if they have English in space, they bro, can have they Korean don't in have space. English. They have basic, bro. <laughs> Check All right, it. well, they have they have 
Um, they have something basic. that seems very much like English, yes. They have italic in space. <laughs> anyway, my second idea is a little heartwarming tale about a young um, Jedi Padawan. Okay, but she has a little bit of a catch. You know, she's a very brilliant Padawan. She could tell you everything about being a Jedi, but she's terrified of her lightsaber. <laughs> like, she, like, is it just very clumsy and, like, she's very intimidated by, like, the actual, like, fighting, I suppose, or, like, physicality aspect of being a Jedi. And I imagine it being directed by Wes Anderson. Just a very quirky little movie, little heartwarming coming of age story <laughs> about this Padawan. Uh, just learning how to how to become a strong, strong Jedi. You know? <laughs> I think that'd be mm-hmm. cute. It'd be it'd be heartwarming. Alright. Here's another one. <laughs> it's set. Immediately after the Clone Wars, where Cad Bane and Boba Fett, and also like Dengar and um, like all the bounty hunters, really. So you'd have Dengar, Embo, Cad Bane, um, Orisingh, um, Bosk, um, Zuckus and four L O M. Uh who's that other one? Hmm? Um shoot. IG eighty eight. No. I feel like they were introduced in the Clone Wars. Forcing. Oh, she's dead. She dead. Uh, Never mind. Oh, yeah. not at well, this no. point, I suppose, maybe. No. Um, but you could have Beckett, or that could be a part of the movie. But basically, it would be a story of this, like, since the Empire is kind of rising up and, like, everything's super uncertain, some bounty hunters are kind of, like, hiding because they don't know, like, the new rule, like, if the Empire is going to, like, crack down on them. Some of them are taking up advantage of the chaos of the political upheaval to, like, do more work. And it would basically be about the interactions of all these bounty hunters trying to figure out, like, what they have to do now that there was kind of less bureaucracy and more, like, just straight dictatorship. And, um... It would... It would be very, um... Very underworld, kind of gangstery. Oh, I think I know where this is and, going. And, um... It would primarily follow Cad Bane kind of going insane and kind of becoming... It'd be basically like Cad Bane's final like, run or whatever as a bounty hunter because he would eventually die because he just decides to like kill all these bounty hunters or whatever. I don't know the exact story other than it'd be like an underworld CD. Mm-hmm gangster film by Martin Scorsese in the now, Star Wars universe. I have universe. a third and final pitch. This just came to me. <laughs> a I can go all day. A <laughs> dramatic musical biopic about Max Rebo and Cy Snoodles. 
forming their band and landing an epic gig at Jabba's Palace, directed by Damien Chazelle. Let me guess. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, I just watched Whiplash the other day, and, you know, I, I think he's only made the three movies, right? Yeah. I Every one of them Man goes hard. I'm just saying. All three of his movies that are he's directed. Maybe I'll watch Whiplash so tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Friday or something. Ooh. I don't know. Alright, here's another one. <laughs> Young Princess Leia. <laughs> Young Princess Leia in school on Alderaan. And she is growing up and there's the adolescent angst of youth. And she's trying to go to school across the planet. But her mother wants to keep her in her town. And Leia goes by <laughs> a unique Leia nickname. Bird. <laughs> Leia Bird. <laughs> and it's directed by Greta yeah. Gerwig. It was iconic. An original screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that pitch at Disney? We want you to make Lady Bird again. Just the same movie, reskin it. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> yeah. Like, only change the parts of the script that need to be changed to fit in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> like, there is no you, New York. There's you, Nork, or whatever the Alderanian city is. <laughs> I don't know. You Nork. <laughs> I don't just a very thinly veiled ripoff of Ladybird. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Anyway, we got it. We could probably talk about this all night, realistically. Um yeah. if okay. Well, out of the ones you've pitched, if you had to choose one to seriously happen, obviously we're joking a lot, which one would you choose? Of the ones I pitched or make no, a real I, one? Of the like if you of the ones we've already picked. Um, probably. Well, I would want Bong Joon-ho to make a Star Wars movie, but probably not Guardians of the Wills. I would like him to do, like, the first Jedi. That'd be kind of cool. I could feel like that'd be an interesting story. Yeah, if I had to pick one of them, yeah. Make it very, wait. Make it very Kurosawa y, mm-hmm. like very kind of old samurai movie where it's like this one guy versus seemingly the galaxy trying, like, figuring out the force. I don't know, like, how, like, I don't even know how, how that would, would work. Figure out the force? <laughs> like, how, like, how old is the force? I don't know. Give it to Bong Joon Ho. You'll come up with something. Yeah, I think this pitch I was most serious about was the Wes Anderson one. I think it'd actually be like a refreshing change of pace just to have a very self-contained kind of heartwarming story. Not not maybe so much like this huge, massive, bold spectacle of Star Wars, but just Mm -hmm. like something like smaller and personal and just fun to watch. You know, a good family film. Everyone can enjoy it. Yeah. Like, um, like... Mom could watch it, you know. She would still th- maybe think yeah. it's cute. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think someone once asked West and Wes Anderson if he'd ever make a James Bond movie, 
And his idea for James Bond was like between missions, like doing paperwork in an office and getting really <laughs> bored. And <laughs> like do a Star Wars movie where <laughs> the war's over and now people are just like, yeah, fooling around on a military base because there's no war to fight anymore. Yeah. And Wes Anderson's Star Wars movie, everyone's lightsabers are like very like light palatable color. Yeah, like still. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> Light blues and yellows and pinks. <laughs> Everything is super uh, symmetrical. See, the more I think about it, even if it's not like what Star Wars you would expect from Star Wars, like obviously it'd be good no matter what, you know. So I might as well just yeah go for it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it would end where you don't know whether you're happy or sad. Well, we digress. Anyway, uh, do you have any closing thoughts to wrap up this segment that should have ended a while ago? <laughs> um, let's see. Closing thoughts. Um, so it's a movie about... <laughs> it's about... Um... Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. And Uncle Owen wants to move to Mos Eisley. And Aunt Beru wants to move to um, Tashi Station. That area. And uh, they get into a big argument. And they eventually decide to get a divorce. And they hire space lawyers. And one of them is the sister twin sister of, of Admiral uh, Holdo. Admiral oh, Holdo. Okay. Let's wrap it up. The other one the other one is just normal <laughs> Ray Liotta who happens to find himself yeah. in Star Wars. <laughs> oh man. The imp- since Star Directed Wars is a long time Mike. ago that implies that Ray Liotta not only is extraterrestrial but also immortal or like <laughs> I mean Yes, he is. Okay, let's let's move on. Explain how he still looks so good in Huey okay. Halloween. <laughs> it it's kind of is true. He doesn't like. He doesn't like he's aged obviously, well. but aged he hasn't well. aged. He hasn't like wrinkled or anything. He's just kind of inf- inflated okay. a little and grayed. I'm not trying to be rude, yeah, but I he has. <laughs> Just watch Goodfellas and then watch Hubie Halloween. First of all, you'll find they're, they're both, both masterpieces. masterpieces. Uh, both iconic roles. <laughs> Back to Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think, uh, hopefully, uh, that's the end of our Carbon Free segment. <laughs> uh, see, with these few in-between episodes before Mandalorian, the, the proverbial calm before the storm, where we um, just kind of chill. That means any um, extra expectation or pressure that we might hold ourselves to to ensure we have a great episode, that's all out the window. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make ladybird jokes for five and minutes. Straight. <laughs> I, will you guys understand them? Maybe not. Maybe you will. Maybe not. You know. But... <laughs> you should watch Ladybird, though. It's. I mean, with Star Wars drawing so much inspiration from various sources, 
uh, it's kind of like a living universe and you can't really isolate it from the culture around it. So we will talk about other movies from time to time, maybe not as an official segment or maybe as an official segment, who knows if it pertains to Star Wars enough, but anyway, now I'm serious. I'm cutting us off here. Carbon freeze. It was a good one. Uh, <laughs> it's dangerous when we're asked to pitch things. Yes. Pitching is so fun. Okay, so to be in a talk. So last week we talked about our predictions for The Mandalorian Season 2. Between then and now, we've gotten a second trailer, which a lot of people I saw on Twitter were upset about because it didn't show Ahsoka or anything new, really. There was only... There was, like, a few new shots and everything, but nothing crazy. And really, there was only one really fascinating thing from this second trailer that we didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll get into. But, um... Yeah, I, it was... My... Here... I'll, I'll just say my thoughts first. I wouldn't get upset at a trailer for not showing something. Because I think that's stupid. <laughs> Because, like, a trailer is meant to show you, like, enough to get you interested in what you're watching. But not, it shouldn't ever give anything away. Like, everyone's already super interested in The Mandalorian. So, they could have dropped no trailer and it still would have been hyped. Like, it still probably would have been the most watched show of the year. Um, even without a trailer. So they release one trailer to kind of give us the flavor of it. They release a second trailer um, probably to get like one last mm-hmm. hurrah in it. Like it's a week until the show airs and you think they're going to drop like the yeah. biggest thing that people have been wondering about the show for mm-hmm. like months. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't upset, and I wasn't really expecting anything big either. Um, I'm actually surprised that, like, they gave us as much new, like, shots and things. Like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. It's probably about what yeah. I would expect. It's not exactly a new trailer as it is. It's, like, a special look, and it aired live for the first time at halftime uh, of some NFL game. And so I expected basically like a new cut of the trailer we already saw. But there is actually some new stuff. So we're going to kind of look at that, I suppose. And we're just going to crawl through it. It's only a minute long. So <laughs> we're, we are practically looking at this shot by shot. <laughs> just so. And obviously... If while we're talking about it, you would pique your interest, you know, go watch it for yourself, I guess. And then, or maybe just pause listening to this right now and go watch it and then come back so we can kind of experience it together, I suppose. Okay, so let's just get into it. The very first thing, um, the screen's black and then... uh. 
an X-Wing pilot says, Razorcrest, stand down. And then it shows the little shot that we've already seen of, like, the X-Wings flying through the clouds after the Razorcrest. Now, this is probably the saddest part of the trailer. (laughs) Because earlier we had quipped that we hoped that these X-Wing pilots were Dave Filoni, uh, Deborah Chow, and Rick Famuyiwa. But after hearing this X-Wing pilot's voice, it does not seem to be the case. <laughs> does not sound like either of those three. So I don't think it is, which is a, it's, it's a true shame. Just <laughs> mm. from randos. Sorry, what? Just some randos. Okay. Random I, I, I think I accidentally Not muted Luke either. for a second. I think I meant to <laughs> mute the video, the trailer, but I muted it instead. Okay, let's see what else we got. We just got um, the Razor Crest kind of flying through that ice planet we previously saw. Um, it is new footage, but it doesn't tell us anything. It's just him kind of flying and crashing, it looks like, on this ice planet that we've mm-hmm. already seen. Then we're greeted after that with the same shot of we get Nando's boots walking in some sand. Then it shows up. We see Cara Dune and Grief Karga. But the one thing that's new about this bit is the Mandalorian says, I'm here on business. I need your help. So, this strikes me a bit funny. Um, I imagine this is like maybe in the first or second episode or so. But this makes me think that like time has passed. Mm-hmm. That like maybe Cara Dune and Grief Karga went off to whatever planet they're on and they were doing their own thing for a little bit. And then Mando like... He... Maybe he, like, finds something that he needs their help with. Well, obviously, he says, I need your help. But, like, it's not... It doesn't strike me as if they've been together the whole time. And it also doesn't strike me as if this directly follows up the first season. Like, it does seem like there's been time, maybe a substantial amount of time in between. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's just kind of how it strikes me. What do you think? I thought the same thing. I thought they said in one of the articles that they released that it was going to pick up pretty immediately after season one. Um, maybe like Moff Gideon's story, because I think it was Moff Gideon or Giancarlo Esposito that was talking when he said that maybe like they pick up his story right after the ending of season one there's the flash forward and that's when yeah we see mando coming in maybe it starts with a cold open of him cutting open his tie fighter with the dark saber and then right after how the mandalorian season one ends he like pulls out a com link and he's like scramble the fighters and then like we see like a giant star destroyer kind of orbiting the planet and then like all these fighters are like following mm-hmm. after them i don't know could be cool i'd like i'd i don't know <laughs> again maybe that's just reading into it too much but obviously we see baby yoda right after this 
he's still looking cute. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> what if season three he comes in, he's fat and has like a goatee? <laughs> like he's middle-aged Yoda at this point. <laughs> oh, there'd be riots in the streets. <laughs> um, but after this, Mando says, I've been quested to bring this one back to his kind. So, now, I think maybe in season one, the armor might, like, say something about, like, finding Yoda's people. And obviously in the first trailer, and she has this whole spiel about, like, the wizards or whatever she calls the Jedi sorcerers. sorcerers. I think. And I don't... And we've kind of talked about, in the various episodes we've talked about the Mandalorian, how it'll probably have to do with returning... Uh, the child back to his planet or his kind. And I don't know if this is the first time it's outright said that that's what's happening. But whether or not maybe I'm just dumb and it's very obvious, like, and very confirmed that that's what's happening. But that's what's happening. <laughs> if you're wondering that is part of the story, he's trying to trying to take Yabi Boda back. <laughs> Baby Yoda, I mean. <laughs> it's been a long day. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> we get some tattooing speeder action. And then this is probably this is one of the juiciest morsels of the trailer. You know. <laughs> um it show it's a shot of like Mendo looking up and he says, If I can locate the other Mandalorians, they can guide me. Now, mm-hmm. this makes me very hopeful because um, upon what we kind of know about this season, John Favreau has said, like, there is more of an underlying story, but, like, still every episode has its own, like, flavor and is kind of its own thing. So this thing, I think... Uh, this line here might indicate what if season two were like an episodic thing of each episode he was like following up on rumors of an of a Mandalorian somewhere and mm. one episode he goes and he finds Cobb Vanth or whatever and he's like no I'm not a Mandalorian I just stole this armor but well, I do have a bunch of outlaws in my town I could use your help dispatching he's like okay then another episode, he finds Boba Fett, and maybe they fight, or maybe they just talk. Who knows what happens there? He's like, no, I'm kind of old and retired now. I don't really do that. And he's like, okay, I can't help. Can't help me then. But then he finds Bo-Katan or something, and he's like, I really need your help. And she's like, I knew Jedi once. Like, I've worked with Jedi before or something. And maybe Sabine's in there. I don't know. Like, if that was what this show kind of looked like then all of the other Mandalorian cameos that I might thought were like kind of sketchy at best I'm now more optimistic that that could happen like if that's kind of where this is going I I can see that I guess do you have any thoughts about yeah um I think the closer we get to this and the more stuff they come out with the more I'm interested in seeing, like, Sabine, 
Cobb Vanth and Bo Katan more than like Ahsoka or mm-hmm. um, Thrawn or Ezra. Like they, like there were so many theories. Like <clears throat> all these people were going to be in Mandalorian season two. Um, but now that it seems like this is the direction they're going with, I think it makes a lot more sense to have Bo Katan and Sabine and them rather than all these other characters. Yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't mind, of the four Mandalorian characters we've just referenced, like, I would have been happy seeing any of them, but I would never imagined before this that all of them might appear, or maybe three or them might appear, but now I'm less skeptical of that. Like, I could imagine that most of them might appear, you mm. know? Like, I'm just going and expecting anything. Anyway, after this, we're treated to the familiar uh, Gamorrean boxing scene. Um, some punk c- cyclops-looking guys like, this is no place for a child. And Mandel whips out the whistling birds, mm-hmm. the little mini missiles attached to his wrist, and uh, he sets them straight. <laughs> One way of putting it. <laughs> uh, and then it has a very dramatic boom, the next chapter. And we see, now this is, we see um, a troop carrier looking vessel fly off the edge of a cliff to where there seems to be an imperial facility. Uh, we see like a giant turret kind of like what they see on the Death Star, like that style of mm-hmm. turret in this troop carrier piloted by um, Cardoon, it looks like, and racing next to a bunch of scout troopers on speeder bikes. And it's just very cool. <laughs> um, it doesn't really tell us much. We kind of saw a little bit of that same thing in the first trailer. And this is new footage, but like, it doesn't really tell us much. It just looks awesome, you know? Yeah, that'll probably be a fun sequence to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm just more curious as to, like, why they're there. What is that facility? But, yeah. Um, yeah, then we get a lot of kind of character shots. One of Grief Cargo, one of Cardo, and one of, oh, Baby Yoda. A little smiling and his ears perk up. <laughs> Then again, we're treated to this same shot. We've got a shot of um, like this imperial looking sliding door opening. And in the first trailer, it showed Cara Dune and the Mandalorian. But now that same shot also has Grief Karga there. I just think that's a bit weird. He wasn't like they didn't show him in the first one, but now they did in the second one. I don't know why they did that. Hmm. But I don't know. I think I'm thinking Greek Karg is gonna die. <laughs> we kind of mentioned that last episode, but this I don't know. I just have a just have a feeling. Hmm. And then obviously this is only a one minute <laughs> trailer, so we're very close to the end. But um we see a bunch of ties kind of fly down and the Mandalorian gets a running 
jump off a cliff and his jetpack. We kind of see him fully use his jetpack. Yeah, it seems like this season is going for like a scale up Mm -hmm. from the previous one, which was a lot smaller and more grounded. This one seems like it's going to keep that compared like to the movies. It'll be more grounded, but compared to season one, it seems like they're trying to go like Mm -hmm. go bigger home. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure they confirmed a season three, not like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he's Zumba. writing three and four. Yeah, but um, I can't imagine it'll go like I can't imagine this will be like a super long running show. Like I feel like this type of show really lends itself better to like four or maybe five seasons, mm-hmm. because it's cool. Like if they scale it up season by season kind of like what stranger things has been doing but like at a certain point you can lose that scope i feel like easily you can go too big that's where i'm at with stranger things right now yeah yeah no i think season four is very much pushing it and like it's good but like like season one of stranger things was very good it was very like charming it had a lot of character and then like i Feel like although it kind of remained good in season two and season three it lost a lot of what we loved about it from season one and i certainly hope that's not the um case with the mandalorian but i think they have i think they know what they're doing i think they won't let it kind of lose its scope mm-hmm. especially since like if they wanted to take it in a crazy direction they could literally do that in any book comic book show like <laughs> mm-hmm. like Star Wars is not just the Mandalorian so like they don't have to cram things into the Mandalorian that could easily and more naturally fit anywhere else but anyway yeah he to where in the first episode I mean not the first episode the end of the first season his jetpack skills were he could um, go up rocky at best <laughs> Uh, this one looks much more smooth and uh, awesome. And you know what? I had a reflection while I was watching this. When I was young, I and not okay, not like young, young. I mean, like more, like maybe in the past two years, I thought jetpacks were real. <laughs> jetpacks. <laughs> to be honest, I thought jetpacks were real, and it was like. I think I just intuitively knew that it didn't make sense, but like, I just thought they They're were so popular <laughs> that they can't. They're so popular. Yeah, I don't know, and I feel like, I... but I just think jetpacks are so cool. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. But anyway, this is just a long-winded way of me saying I'm very excited to see him use his jetpack. Hopefully, he uses it more than just the one shot we were treated to in this trailer you know yeah that's what's that's what was so weird about sabine and like the first well most of rebels because she only uses a jetpack like in a few episodes when like every character needs a jetpack to get the mission done or whatever so that was always weird that like i had always just thought of mandalorians using jetpacks and then even the clone wars most of them had jetpacks and then Sabine and Mando didn't have one. But 
But what can you do? But yeah, so interested in figuring out what means that he needs to find the other Mandalorians, whether that means his group or maybe other other groups that surge. Um, because we had kind of theorized that after the purge, kind of any survivors ran away and created their own little sets and um, their own little undercover operations. And um, maybe that's why he never, that's why they didn't take their mask off for anybody was because mm-hmm. um, this thing that happened. Um, and they tried to be safe or something, but yeah, that'll be it for the episode next week. Next Friday will be, um, the first episode of season two. So if we put out an episode today, obviously it won't be covering that. So Mm -hmm. we'll let you know what happens next week. Operation for that. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. We're very excited to see what what uh, what happens um, coming next Friday. So uh, be on the lookout because we're gonna we're definitely gonna talk about it. So um, thank you. Watch Lady Bird. <laughs> um, <laughs> watch Chazelle movies, um, and please Lucasfilm hire Bong Joon Ho. For the next movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Lando's Lounge. Lando's Lounge can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. The intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band Closed on Sunday Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening and tune in to the next episode.